you have to walk your talk. You say you're going to do privacy and you hire me to make you do it. I'm going to make you do it or I'm going to leave. You have to take risks and get out there and stand up for what you believe in. That's my position on privacy. Welcome back to Activists of Tech, the Responsible Tech Podcast. Privacy by design is one of the foundational concepts of responsible tech. It's a proactive approach to privacy that calls for privacy to be taken into account throughout the whole engineering process of a project, therefore ensuring that users have control over their personal data and that their data is handled in a secure way. In 2010, the framework reached global acceptance when the International Assembly of Privacy Commissioners and Data Protection Authorities unanimously passed a resolution on privacy by design, recognizing it as an international standard. Since then, the privacy by design framework has been translated into 40 languages. I had the pleasure to talk with Dr. Anka Vukian, the creator of Privacy by Design and founder and CEO of the Global Privacy and Security by Design Center. She previously served three terms as Information and Privacy Commissioners of Ontario, Dr. Kavokian has received numerous awards recognizing her leadership in privacy, including being named as one of the top 25 women of influence in Canada, the top 10 women in data security and privacy, and as one of the top 100 leaders in identity. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Dr. Kavokian, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So what's your story? Oh, there are so many stories. Um, privacy is, is foundational. It forms the foundation of our freedom. If you want free and open societies, you need a foundation of privacy. And I'll just give you a little bit of my background. I'm Armenian. I was born in Cairo, uh, came over to Canada when I was four years old. But I'm going to take you back to the Armenian Genocide, 1915. My grandparents were scheduled to be killed the next day. My father was three years old at the time with my grandparents and his two older siblings. And my grandfather's thinking, what can I do to save my family, of course? What does he know how to do? He was an artist, a painter, a beautiful painter, but so what, right? My grandmother told me he always asked her to carry parchment paper and charcoal because he loved to etch wherever he went. So that night, my grandma said she held a candle. From memory, he had seen General Pasha, the Turkish general, early in the day. From memory, he etched a portrait of him because that's all he knows how to do. And in the morning, he rolled it up, gave it to the soldier who were taking them out to be killed and said to the soldier, please give this to General Pasha with my regards. And the soldier says, stupid man, what's he going to want? So my grandfather thought, oh, that's it. We have to say our prayers. We're going to die. Moments before they were about to be killed, General Pasha comes riding in on horseback, waving the parchment paper. He said, who did this? Who did this? And my grandfather says, Effendi, that's sir in Turkish. I did it. He says, I like it very much. You and your family, you're free to go. Can you imagine? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my grandfather defying the odds and thinking he could somehow free us through his artwork. 
So whenever today people say, oh, privacy's gone out the door, the odds are so against it, forget about it. I say, you forget about it again. You know, it's ridiculous to give up on something just because the odds of it may be weak. When people say to me, you know, that ship has sailed, I say, you got another ship. You never give up on freedom and you need privacy forms, the foundation of our freedom. So that's my interest. I served as privacy commissioner of Ontario, Canada for three terms, the longest one ever, 17 years. And then um, there was so much interest in privacy. I taught at the university for a while. And then people said, start your own company because this, you know, people want to work with you. So I have a consulting company I run now privacy and uh, security by design. So how did your background as Armenian and just hearing this story about how the arts that is still today perceived as it's not that useful, it literally saved lives of, of a family. How did it impact your work as privacy commissioner? Oh, it impacted dramatically because so many people would say, oh, don't fight for that case. It's too weak. You know, the odds are against it. And I say, no, you fight harder. You always go out and make the strongest case possible in defense of something you believe in, like privacy. And you know, these days, um, I still do a ton of media interviews. Almost every day, someone from the media calls me. And uh, at the end, they thank me, and they, they say I did a good job. And then, and then they say, why are there no more privacy commissioners anymore? I say, there's privacy commissioners. What do you mean? And they say, they won't talk to us. They won't go public. It's like they're too scared to say anything publicly. You have to take risks and get out there and stand up for what you believe in. That's my position on privacy. I love that you said that because I have a question about uh, a Google project in Toronto back in 2018. You stepped down this project. I think it's very brave considering how big Google is. Was it a hard decision to make? Well, it was a hard decision to make in that it was a very lucrative position. I mean, I was doing very well in that position. Um, I live in the city of Toronto and uh, downtown Toronto, they want to form a smart city. So they hired Google to create the smart city and Google hired me to ensure that privacy could be, could be embedded into the smart city by design. And of course I created privacy by design. So I was thrilled to do this. It's all about being proactive about proactively protecting privacy, preventing the privacy harms from arising. So that was fine. I worked with them for a while. And then after a while, I was at one of their board meetings and they said to companies who were at the board and they said, well, we'd really like you to embed privacy into your operations. But if you can't do it, then it's up to you. It's, you know, we can't make you do it. And the moment they said that, and they hadn't consulted with me on that, not surprisingly, the moment they said that, I resigned. The next moment, I resigned and put in my papers that I was leaving. This story took off globally, like no other privacy story. It's unbelievable. I had dozens of calls from people all around the world because they couldn't believe I was leaving such a lucrative position uh, for this privacy thing. And I explained to them, you have to walk your talk. You say you're going to do privacy and you hire me to make you do it. I'm going to make you do it or I'm going to leave. 
So unfortunately, and the smart city never happened. Why do you think a lot of people actually don't stand up for privacy when they are in the position of ensuring that privacy is implemented? Because it's not easy to do. There's a lot of pressure from many other parties and data brokers abound. People who want to have access, unauthorized third-party access to personal data that you might have on customers or citizens. And they want to pay companies and government departments to give it to them. So people often cave in and do that. And I just never do that. Uh, I just think it's a, you can't weaken your position just because there's something that might be more rewarding financially or something. You have to stick to your position. And privacy and security are essential to our society. You never give up on that. Yeah. Could you please explain why it's so essential uh, for us, especially in authoritarian countries or democracies, just for everyone? You see, people always say to me, and this is one of the myths that are abounding, well, if you have nothing to hide, what's the problem with other people hiding your information? The problem is privacy is all about context. Only you know what is sensitive data that shouldn't be in a third party's hands. Some people don't care at all. And I say, fine, you want to give it away? That's your right. As long as you make the decision to do so, you have to have control over the use and disclosure of your personal information. So I always say that to people, you want to give it away? That's your decision to make. But you can't take that decision away from the individual. The Germans have a wonderful term for this called informational self-determination because it's the individual who makes the determination about the sensitivity of the data or lack thereof. Context is key, and only the individual, the data subject, is aware of the context associated with the data. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with the idea of the privacy by design principle? Because you have a background in psychology, right? You have three degrees in psychology. How did you end up working in privacy? Well, it's interesting. Uh, my, my PhD is in psychology, but I also took courses at the law school, so psychology and the law. And then I got appointed as privacy commissioner. And when I joined the commission, of course, there were brilliant lawyers on staff who knew how to implement privacy laws very well. But it was always after the fact, after the privacy infraction or data breach had arisen. Being a psychologist, I wanted to be proactive. I wanted to prevent the privacy harms from arising. So literally at my kitchen table over three nights when I had just been appointed privacy commissioner, I came up with privacy by design. And then the next day I took that in and I sold it to my lawyers. And it wasn't too hard to sell, but I had to explain it's all about being proactive, trying to prevent privacy harms from arising. But once the harms do arise, then of course we have to apply the law and seek the proper outcome. So we worked together for many years and it grew dramatically. It's worldwide, it's been translated to 44 languages. And it just earlier this year, it became an ISO standard, international standards organization made it an international standard, which takes years to declare. And now I get calls literally from all around the world regularly. Uh, so how was it first received? And did you face any backlash uh, with these principles? Only to the extent that a lot of people thought it couldn't be done. 
that it was just blue sky thinking. But then after about uh, 10 years, maybe less, all the lawyers were coming over to it. It was declared um, a, a global standard in 2010. And I created it in 1999. And at, at, when it was declared a global standard at one of our privacy commissioners conferences, I went around afterwards and I talked to all the privacy commissioners and I thanked them because they're like lawyers, lawyers. And I expressed my surprise that they all voted unanimously in favor of it. And they said, Anne, it's obvious now. Most of the privacy harms are remaining unknown, unchallenged, unregulated, like the tip of the iceberg. That's all we're getting. The majority of the harms we don't have access to. So hopefully with privacy by design, we can prevent a lot of the harms from arising. So it was a win-win. Is there any hurdles that organizations are facing to implement privacy? I always tell them, I, I like talking to the CEO when I give my talks to boards of directors and I say, please, I, I'm sure you have a, a director of privacy, but make sure they're reporting, if not to you directly, to someone very senior. Because if they're at a lower level, then no one in the office may be listening to them or not sufficiently. That you have to ensure that the privacy person, the data protection person, has enough authority to conduct the work they need to do. Okay, this is my last question. That's actually my favorite one. What would you say to your younger self when you first started your career uh, in the government? Oh, um, you need a lot of patience. <laughs> and I'm not the most patient person. Um, a little more patience wouldn't have hurt me because I wanted to have much more privacy much earlier. It grew steadily, but you have to convey to people, you have to get them on board. You have to convince them of the merits of your case, how important it is, and how essential to freedom it is. And also how it's not zero sum. It's not either or win-lose, not privacy versus security. It's privacy and security, not privacy versus data utility. It's privacy and, they have to understand that. You don't have to give anything up. Just go with everything. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, Melissa.